Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Pedro Cos, and we talk about his new film, Rebel Hearts. And you're going to want to check out the website. I'm going to call, uh, shout that out right now, rebelheartsfilm.com. Sign up for the newsletter there. Uh, there's a there's an impact campaign coming of, of, of a sort. And uh, this uh, you're, you're going to want to see this film. It's, it's beautiful. It's funny. It's musical. It's an argument. Uh, for the arts. It's a meditation on the arts. It's a meditation on change. As Pedro says, we had a blast. And honestly, uh, for me, this is a conversation and some of you might not find this hard to believe, but this is a conversation I could have had for three or four hours. No joke. Pedro and I were, I hope uh, he feels the same way. We're on a bit of a roll. And um, this is a film about the institution and frankly, all institutions. It's about the Catholic church. It's about rocking the boat. It's about, you know, uh, to quote, uh, oh, um, I I guess a cardinal or maybe some journalists. It's about an unruly flock. Um, this is, a, as, as Pedro says, this is about the unique, it's about the powerful, and it, it's about the unexpected. Um, it's also about a pop artist by the name of Karita Kendo. You're going to want to find out more about as well. Um, it's about patriarchy and reform. It's about pushing back against the status quo and why that matters. And, and, and it's, you know, we live in this, it seems to me we live in this world and this universe that we, we love to polarize, right? Up, down, uh, forwards, backwards, positive, negative, and so on. And, and for, for, for Pedro, I'm not sure that two plus two always equals four when it comes to art, when it comes to narrative. And I think that the, the, the immaculate or the sisters, uh, as you're going to find out more about them, and there's many of them who, who, who came together in, in a very deeply relational, intimate, um, collaborative way and they created something significant uh, in this in this community uh, uh, and where they made some really tough choices and 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 created a whole movement frankly and and spoke into education and uh, and frankly the way uh, systems actually can work and and frankly at the risk of being a little bit too prescriptive 
should work. So I just uh, was thrilled not only to meet Pedro, but to see the film. It was at Sundance, and uh, uh, Pedro's experience at Sundance virtually was great by the sounds of it, which uh, bodes well for film festivals in the future. This, um, you know, this film's about oppression, and it's about uh, societal discourse and about the power triangle. I mean, have I got your attention yet? Um, it's time to, to I hope, uh, not only listen to the, the podcast, but also uh, to watch the film. So check out uh, the website again um, for sure and sign up for their um, newsletter there to learn more about it, rebelheartsfilm.com. And if you landed on this interview through uh, Spotify or iTunes, which you probably did, uh, check uh, more out about us. Uh, you can do that on Acast. Uh, you can also uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. The more reviews we get, the better. If you are if you found this interview, Pedro and I, and, and the film through YouTube, sign up for our uh, YouTube page. We don't have a lot of followers there, and we'd love to get to 1,000 in the not-so-distant future. And... Um, what else? Sign up for our newsletter too, face-to-face. We only send out about six a year and uh, check out uh, on Acast how many interviews are there on iTunes or Spotify. We're, we're coming up on 460 interviews. Um, but don't go anywhere, please. Uh, listen in, lean in. Um, I think you're going you're gonna to laugh out loud. You're going to have a few wonderful, uh, I hope, um, takeaways as well. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to uh, part two with, uh, with Pedro down the road. Pedro Koss talking about his uh, beautiful and important, compelling and, and, and fun, uh, joyful new film. Uh, oh, oh, protest as joy protest as joy. What does that even mean? You're going to have to watch the film and and listen to the podcast to find out. But uh, Pedro Cost coming right up talking about his new film, Rebel Hearts. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us uh, today, all the way from Sundance, uh, the Sundance Film Festival. We have Pedro Cost here to talk about uh, his new film, Rebel Hearts. Pedro, thanks. Uh, uh, well, about his film and his sugar addiction, I think. But Pedro, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, David. It's, it's so exciting to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you on Face to Face. Hey, tell me, what's, what's the Sundance Festival experience been like for you this year? And by the way, hey, before you even answer, congratulations on the film. I loved it. It's interesting. It's fun. It's absurd. It's, it's so informative. And it's just, it's a delightful historical and yet um, uh, a piece and yet so relevant. So well done. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for Rebel Hearts. Wow, thank you. Uh, it's all going to go downhill from here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, no, this is really uh, beyond our our dreams and expect you know and and expectations. We are so thrilled to be um, a part of Sundance. We are so incredibly honored to be amongst a group of extraordinary films. Um, and um, and yeah, and the, we just the the team has been. So through the moon about the reception so far, and you know how people are, have been inspired and um, and really taken with this story, um, which in a way I guess uh, is a great validation that yeah we weren't crazy you know when when in, um, when we we came across this this is uh, really something really unique and powerful um, and unexpected in many ways and so I think. Uh, um, we're excited to be here, and Sundance has been great. Um, I mean, it's very different from the 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 snow the snowy uh, sidewalks of Park City. Um, right. You know, I haven't slipped and fell. You know, 
fell on my ass yet um, trying to do that. Um, but uh, but it's it's been wonderful. And one of the great, listen, I, I, I definitely miss the in-person. I'm But I miss okay, the in-person experience, experience about everything. I miss hugs in general, you know. Uh, but um, I think one of the amazing things about the Sundance experience this year, and to really give credit to um, the whole Sundance team, starting with you know Kim Yutani and Tabitha Jackson, is to um, was the whole issue of accessibility. You know, making this Sundance accessible to people around the country and around the world. Um, and um, you know, I've had people from all over the the country, you know, reach out and say how much they they love the film, and um, it's been um, that's been really great. It's it's in a way, it's a more uh it's a more democratic audience in a certain way and we are interesting um, you know it's yeah what have the what have the q a's been like have, have been pretty pretty engaging more wide they yeah. more wide reaching yeah yeah for sure um uh, more wide reaching and um and that's also i think it's given given the opportunity to people who would never be have been able to to go to park city in the middle of a sundance to For actually sure. it, to have the experience, you know, talking to a lot of first timers who have been really enjoying the festival, uh, not only the films, but all the, the different panels and um, experiences that are afforded. And, you know, I don't know if you've been in the New Frontiers la virtual lounge. I mean, uh, it's really extraordinary what they pulled off. And so, you know, yeah well that's i'm impressed yeah that's great i mean what a what a real thumbs up for a for an online experience i mean i'm with you i i i i missed you know as um uh was it was it ray stance in in ghostbusters that said actual physical contact you know i i kind of i kind of miss that you know and and just hanging out and and what do we mean kind of miss it i really miss it so and there's something about the buzz of a festival right um, for for me as a as a as a podcaster and journalist, I'm usually running from one interview to the next, hoping and praying that I'm not going to be late. But there's just something really wonderful about that, and so it's really good to hear that Sundance has been able to create that kind of experience for you guys. And and again, uh, I just wanted to say congrats on the film. And and uh, hey, let's get a shout out uh, RebelHeartsTheFilm.com. Is that right? Uh, yes, RebelHeartsFilm.com. Yeah, rebelheartsfilm.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You're going to find out more about the film there. Lots of information. So so someone says, tell us about the film. I mean, uh, I've got so many, I've got so many notes. I've got so many questions. I, I, you know, so many favorite moments and lines. I mean, we could, couldn't we talk about this film as art and, and about art and it's about religion and faith and social justice. How do you describe it? You know, I don't want an elevator speech, but, you know, give me the, the, the substance behind what, what Rebel Hearts is for you. Yeah, well, um, you know, on the surface, it's, I'll give you the, 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 the one, two line elevator. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, description, you know, which is, Rebel Hearts tells the story of the incredible Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, um, who are an, uh, were a Los Angeles order uh, of nuns um, who in the nine, uh, very well-educated uh, group of extraordinary women who in the 1960s um, began to reform, really being called by the Second Vatican Council. And in doing so, um, sort of drew the wrath of the very conservative archbishop and the patriarchy um, of the church uh, here in Los Angeles. 
um, but really stood up for what they were doing and their reforms and what they believe in, um, leading to sort of fireworks and sort of like created ripples that actually are still, still being felt uh, to today. Um, you know, it's a film about, uh, really for me, uh, it's about so many things as you've you really tapped into. It's from, it, you know, a meditation on change and how mm. change is extraordinarily difficult and hard and arduous and uh, work. Um, it is a film about community, what it means to be, uh, you know, a, a, a person of conscience as part of a community. Um, is really um, uh, about a, a story of education and how to find empowerment via education, how to be empowered by others. Uh, it is a story about women finding, you know, uh, and it's, it's extraordinary about um, these women who found their voice and stood up for what they believe in. And, um, and it's a story of, of um, the hard choices that we are faced, you know, through, through life and how do we, um, how do we um, face the obstacles uh, that are put before us and, um, you know, create new opportunities and, and beyond? Um, it is a story about art, you know, and how to communicate via art. It is a story about being a part of the world and how to be allies and movements. It's a story of movements um, and how they keep going and changing. Um, going back to change, you know, uh, I think from, you know, this is a, um, it is really, uh, a, that is the constant in, in our, in our life. Is I, Pedro, I don't know if we need to do any more of an interview. I mean, I think you pretty much covered it all. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. I love, I love that you say it's a meditation on change. What a beautiful uh, uh, expression. It's a great title for a, a piece of poetry, maybe, or a, a, a book, perhaps. Um, but isn't isn't to some degree? I think you know. I've I've been working kind of on behalf of uh, the global south and, and international development and social justice issues for for a long time. I'd like to argue, in a way, uh, or just even say, I think all great film, all great storytelling, is a meditation for change of one kind or another. You know, so you, usually you don't have to peel back too many layers. So yeah, beautiful, beautiful thought. I love how Helen said, I think it was Helen, clearly we were in a boat that needed to be rocked. Yep, Helen Kelly. Amazing. So talk to me a little bit about that. Maybe even, I don't know, how, how, how autobiographical is this? Are you a boat rocker? Uh, you know, are you a rebel heart as well? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think we all are rebel hearts if we're, posed with, you know, the choices sometimes that they were, they were faced. Um, I, I grew up, I'm grew up in Brazil. I'm Catholic. Um, and, um, and I, it's also one of the things I didn't mention is it, it, it's a, a film about the structures that govern our lives, in, right? Institu and institutions, right? The institutions and the structures that govern our lives and how we interact with them and how we sometimes try to change them from within. And sometimes we're not successful in that. And going back to my person, you know, my story, I grew up Catholic in Brazil. And I say that the battle lines of the conservative and progressive sides of Catholicism run right through me in terms of what my family, my community and myself, you know, growing up as a, as a gay man in a, um, in a Catholic country and then in the Latin community, in a, which is Catholic, it was very interesting to see the sort of dueling 
uh, sides of Catholicism play out and you feel um, that your identity and many times is at stake. Um, and, and, um, and, you know, also that feeling of being an outsider within an institution that um, says is, um, you know, says that your very existence is wrong. Um, But one of the things that was really, for me, growing up, um, is that my parents and Helen Kelly, by the way, is in the same boat as I am. And um, I, that is one of the things that I fell in love with, uh, you know, most about was this sort of their perspective on it all. It was the, the ability to separate faith and the institution. Hmm. Um, that the institution is an institution that was created by men and has been maintained by men for millennia, men, you know, a, a couple of millennia to be exact. Uh, um, and it is like all men, it is fallible. It is a sinful, it is corrupt uh, as we are so well aware. And, um, but at the same time, I think these extraordinary women were able to discern, to go beyond that, see beyond the, imagine beyond the institution what the faith was really calling them to, you know, them to do, and to actually to put out in the world. And going back to what you're saying is about justice, right? About um, compassion, about, you know, to them, how to best live the gospel, which is, you know, the values of compassion and forgiveness and of love. Um, and of empowering everyone to fulfill, to be the, the, the best that they can be and to live in harmony and peace as, as, as a society. Um, and that's what they still fight for to this day. Um, there, there's a, help me out here, Pedro. There's a, where is it? Pas- uh, there's a sign behind one of the women. Pa- passion is the very fact of God and man. I just thought that was really fascinating. It sounds like one of the old church fathers or something, you know, but, but I just, and I love the other protest sign. I'm sure it was quite intentional on your part. And near the beginning of the film, somebody was walking with a sign that said, I like God. I just thought that was hilarious that, that, you know, that here they were pushing for issues that matter, you Mm -hmm. know, but, oh, hey, you know, to your point about the separation of sort of, you know, being faithful, I suppose, and being institutional, right? Yes, exactly. And as Helen Kelly says, which is actually not in the film, but um, one of the, the beautiful lines that she, I mean, th- th- that's the thing, like you could just sit down and watch her interview and just be blown away. Oh, and, I, I bet. Um, um, because, the, the, you know, nuns take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And the patriarchy of the church kept saying them. That's why they were termed "quote unquote" rebels because they were disobedient um, to the institution, to the patriarchy, to the cardinal of Los Angeles. Um, and it's an, again, it's another meditate and sort of meditation on obedience because mm. what Helen Kelly says is that obedience is to follow what the Spirit is calling you to. Hmm is obedience to a higher power, Mm. a power that is transcends humanity, which is the power of God as the, you know, and, and the gospel. And that was what they were being obedient to, not obedient to a structure or to a man, um, but obedient to the values that they were 
taught and that they held. And Pedro, it's fascinating too. I mean, the time that all this was was going down is just incredible. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's almost insensitive to say that it was a rich moment in history. It wasn't rich. It was just, I suppose, rich for a historian or rich for a storyteller, I guess. It was a crazy time in history. Completely yeah. unjust. I mean, your early one of your earlier films, is it Bending the Ark? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, a little Martin Luther King reference there, perhaps. Um, mm -hmm. So clearly, a man, you're, you know, a man of social justice, without a doubt. All, all that was going on at the time was bending away from that arc. It seems. Yeah, know? and I think it was the awakening that that things were not right, as right. as Helen Keller says, the boat needed to be rocked. I mean, in terms of so many things, in terms of um, race relations in the United States and beyond, um, in terms of um, I mean, what they, the Vietnam War in terms right. of labor um, from- Oh, the, the sisters had it all covered, man. They really did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in terms of, uh, you know, hunger around the world, um, even to the, those basic things that, um, that the dignity of each person, I think that's one of the things that um, they were already doing that work even before Vatican II, and there were when Vatican II, which is the Second Vatican Council, which was um, council called by the, the, the Catholic Church to reform its practices. Um, it, it happened in the early 60s, and it really called um, the, the church to, as they said, open its doors and windows and to be a part of the world. Um, when that Really, when that happened, when those decrees began to come out of the Second Vatican Council, these women were so moved at what they felt, so, what they were already doing in in many ways at the college and at the at their convent was something that was being asked by what they you know thought was the higher authority, and then began to do that. They began to move to be a part of the world, even in more engaging ways, to be take part in social movements like. Patrice Underwood um, as a sister who went and marched in Selma with Martin Luther King um, to open the college for anti-war movements of the time. Uh, and um, I guess they took the, the words a little bit too, too fervently because I guess uh, that, you know, that caused the, this, you know, the patriarchy to be like, oh, well, actually, never mind. Don't. Well, for, for, I mean, for what's fascinating to me is they didn't even seem to give it a second thought that their faith was all about action. Mm -mm. And here we got this cardinal, and I don't even want to use his name, frankly, because I'm not a fan. But anyway, we got this cardinal who's all about power, about words, who supposedly is theologically trained, and yet another father calling him out as just merely a businessman, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. And and I think, you know, on all... The Cardinal, Cardinal McIntyre, and I'll, I'll, I'll say his name. Um, you could say his name. You're the director. Um, You're allowed. <laughs> I I also think, you know, it's not that it's not that it was just his fault. I mean, I think right. he is emblematic of an of an institution that was um, that really was. A, scared they were afraid they, they were, were afraid. afraid they were afraid of what change would you know what do to to the in a way to this institution that they in a way had worked so hard to pres to preserve not even to because the institution is you know centuries and centuries old but it, they 
were afraid that these changes were going to undermine the faith in Catholicism and everything that they were taught. Because you have to understand that um, Cardinal McIntyre was not only a runner in Wall Street before he became a priest, but when he went into seminary, he was deeply, there was a very anti-intellectual bent at that time in the 1920s in the United States. The 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 courier or the the, the priests um, when they were trained it, at that time it was very much follow the book these right. are the rules they're black and white um, everything falls under those and it is your role and your duty to um, to pass that on and then the way to salvation as that they were taught is through a very rigid power structure and so like. The, it's God to the Pope to the, the the cardinals to the bishops and the pre you know it's a very patriarchal uh, power structure triangle sure. that like you fit in a certain place in in the grand scheme of don't, things don't rock the boat and don't rock the boat you have to follow that because that is your way to salvation um, so. Um, I mean, these guys were so afraid and I know, I know it's easy to look back and, and I'm not really poking fun, I suppose, maybe on another day I'll do that. But, but, you know, the, you end of near the end of the film, one of the things, you know, they fire alter, what's, what's the headline? Alter girls fired. Fired, right. Like, honestly, I mean, it was a laugh out loud moment for me. I mean, the absurdity, like really, you got to take it out on the altar girls now, Yeah, you know, (laughs) like, like, holy cow, this is, this is crazy talk. Like you guys are clearly scrambling and have no idea what to do. Exactly. And it it is comical because it is, it is surreal. It's like, look at the world around you, look at what's going on. And at the same time, they're trying to like maintain some you know a certain level of the status quo that sure. is no longer relevant to right. the world that they live in um and uh it is really it, it provides for a lot of humorous moments because it's like really are you that out of touch with what is going on it's the kind of thing um, you say, as a filmmaker you probably say all the time as a documentarian you can't write this stuff no right it's this, not, this is yeah. too good right yeah, exactly. hey is this a, is this a story i certainly didn't know this story uh, is this and i'm not a catholic is this a story that catholics would not have heard before probably and unless they were sort of on the inside um this is uh uh, this is a story that was, I think that's been really forgotten. And unless you lived through that time in Los right. Angeles and the United, you know, and right. the United States, but it is, it's one that actually was really, I didn't know about it. Uh, you know, um, and a lot of, most of my, the Catholics that I know don't know about it either. Um, but I think is one that you know, in the in the mid '60s to late '60s, when they were making headlines, and they were making headlines, and uh, all around the world, um, it was very much kind of um, part of um, uh, part of the fabric of what people of the 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 social discourse that was happening. I mean, I spoke I spoke with um, um, a sister recently, a, a nun um, who also loved the film, um, and she was saying that when she entered an order um, in the in the mid sixties, um, 
some cardinal came in from 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 Rome, um, Italian cardinal, and says, "And don't do what those immaculate hearts are doing. <laughs> uh, it's a disgrace." Or you know, right. but that that was what you know how she heard because she heard it from some, someone within the, the the hierarchy of the church. Um, but they were, you know, like a lot of the archival that you see the film, we actually found it within in sort of the big news sources: NBC, ABC, CBS, and BBC. All were doing pieces on, on uh, what was happening here in Los Angeles at that time. I, uh, I just, I, and I, I want to hear about uh, Carita, who's uh, the, the artist, and uh, she seemed to be, uh, or at least, at least the way you, you, you present her a little bit in the film, she seemed quite broken by the whole sort of experience and, and maybe really saddened or disappointed, I would, I, would, I would say, and how could you not be? And don't want to give away too many spoilers uh, about the film, but I think words like scandalous were used yeah. about her. Mary's day, you know, what, yes. you know, I could hear them saying, this is an outrage, you know, we've, we've got to put an end to this now. I think I, pornographic was another word, you know, um, we look back on that and we just, I think most of us, not all, of course, most of us just shake our heads and go, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like it, it's so easy for us to see. And clearly it was easy for these sisters to see how come Cardinal McIntyre and these other mostly men, I suppose, couldn't see it. Or is it, or was it, they just wouldn't see it. Any insight on that? Um, I don't think they would ever be able to see it because to them it was just purely wrong. And I think one of the ways they, they saw it is that they are violating their vows of obedience. Mm. Right. Um, and right. You're 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 breaking your promise you made to the institution. Exactly. Um, and so it was again. Whenever you stray from that path of that triangle, that power structure where you fit in, that is a no-no. That is, you know, a, an act of going against uh, a, the a, the hierarchical hierarchical authority. Um, was almost like a, a, an act of blasphemy, was, uh, or was heresy. Um, and that's what it was viewed, I mean, a, a, through the most conservative um, uh, perspective at that time. Um, it, you know, if in, the, in the opening montage, you get a taste of the, the societal discourse that was happening at right. that time, you know, and you have, you know, people on the street, you know, the that the conservative Catholics that were saying, you know, they do take vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience. And then they're destroying all three of those vows. Um, and it was, it was almost, uh, you know, shock and, and horror from that perspective, because they were, they were fraying from what was expected of them. But I think at the same time, it is, it was a time of great change and they mm. were inspired. Um, they, first of all, I think one of the f things to really note is they were the most extremely, extraordinarily, extraordinarily well-educated group of women and group of people, period. Um, I mean, I wanted, I mean, how lucky would I have been to be able to go to the Immaculate Heart College, a college right. that was, fostering um, uh, 
not only change, but they were fostering learning to a, a, a to heights and experimentation to heights that were that we we really would love to see it in all our educational institutions. Um, they were this order would send the sisters that were going to be professors at the college to get masters and PhDs at the leading institutions of the country. Anita Caspery, the mother general, had got got her PhD from Stanford in, in literature. You know, um, not theology, not theology, literature, not theology. Fantastic, love it. Literature. Um, Lenore Dowling, who we meet, is the first you know person we meet in the beginning of the film, has um, and a master of fine arts from Columbia University in filmmaking and the USC as well. Um, I mean, they all went to the leading institutions, and many times they were not only the only nun in those institutions, they were the only women um, because they were, you know, they were getting PhDs. But to them, to them, they were like, well, we are called to be great educators and we must, to be great educators, we must also have the proper training ourselves. And um, so they sent out um, the sisters and they knew well, I mean, and this is talked about in the interviews that I think they knew they, 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 some of them talk about the price of education. As you begin to ask questions, but to them, it was important to educate. Which would, which would be a no-no to most institutions, right? Right, right. Uh, but to them, they, they think, you know, they wanted to teach their mostly women, female students, their mostly women students, to be critical thinkers, to be leaders, not, you know, to go to go and be a part of the world in a way that, in a way that it was equal. Um, you know, there was a student that talked about saying like, I didn't know about, she was a lot less aware about the patriarchal world and the misogyny that exists, exists, existed and still exists in the world until she left Immaculate Heart because it was wow. such an empowering place. And then when she, they left, it, they were really, kind of faced with those huge obstacles, obstacles that, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's stories speak so loudly about. Um, but it was really the sort of, um, yeah, it was not to, they were educating their women students to be leaders and they sure good. became leaders. So um, good. I, you know, there's a moment and I can't remember if it was Helen or if it's uh, Anita or who it is, but somebody talks about this notion, and it's not a notion, it's, it's, a, it's a practical action, making others' issues your own. Yeah. And I mean, isn't, I mean, there's a whole other subtext for the film, for Rebel Hearts, it seems to me, this idea that, you know, stepping into somebody else's shoes and saying, uh, you matter just as much as I do. In fact, maybe you matter more than I do. I'm, yeah. I'm responsible for you too. How can I help? How can I come alongside? Um, again, I'm astounded that, you know, this group of women you know, who were willing to almost make a mockery of the institution, were really speaking truth, capital T, all the way. You know, yes. it's just, it's, it's, it's astounding because it's beautiful, I think. And yeah. they're so, what, what's the other line at the end of the film about, you know, uh, if you fit in, you're not a prophet? They didn't fit in, exactly. That, that, that was it. And, and one thing to highlight is they did all that with a lot of joy. And there are also right. at the same I'm right. hysterically funny. It's hysterically funny. And the beautiful, I love this, the way, oh man, I love, I, I hope everybody sees this film, by the way. Protest as joy. 
what what a what a beautiful place to to I mean talk about a timely what's the word prescient moment yeah. in history yeah uh, this notion of protesting with joy and saying hang on a minute here something's not right but we're going to maybe enjoy this together as a community while we push back against the status quo. Exactly. That's amazing. That the protest, uh, protest with joy is a lot more, and, and I'm paraphrasing, is a lot more likely to create change and less backlash. Um, so and, good. And yeah, I mean, they, they did it. They were so... And they, you know, they stuck together uh, and they. And I love, I love that about the film. I love the, I love the, what appears to be the camaraderie, the community, the sense of, of, of collaborative pushback, you know, it's just great. Hey, you know, you're the artist, uh, the filmmaker, the storyteller. Um, how did you resonate with Karita? And tell me, talk to me as we kind of sadly wrap up uh, our conversation here in a few minutes. Um you know, somebody in the film said uh, humility as a way to truth. What about art? What about storytelling as a way to truth? And, you know, forget about the PhD in theology. You get a PhD in literature. You're going to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Get a, get a PhD or, or whatever degree in what you feel called to do. You know, I think that was, you know, that was what their motto was, is find what your calling is and follow that. Um, and uh, Karita was in a way. In a way, here's here's the wonderful thing. You know, Karita is, is an icon of pop art that I think needs to be um, needs to be recognized as one of the great contemporary artists of the second half of the 20th century so period, um, and who's you know overdue for that recognition, I might add. But um, Karita became the icon of pop art that she did that she became because of this community because mm. they saw that talent in her and um encouraged her to you know pursue that to go and get the degrees and the education and um and also became famous and known because of you know they began like the her her colleague uh, in the in the art department, Sister Mary Magdalene. This is also something that's not in the film. It should be in the documentary about the Credo. Another uh, extraordinary story that uh, it should be and has to be told. Is this um, is this Rebel Hearts Part Two? Uh, no, it, it will be its own thing, and I uh, I'm excited for the filmmaker that will be you know whoever that will be. There you go, nice. telling that story. Um, but you know, Corita. Um, colleague and the, the previous head of the art department, Sister Magdalene Mary, began taking her work around to galleries all around the country and really raised Karita's profile. And it was, and, and Sister Mary Magdalene apparently was one of the most colorful people you would, you'll ever meet. Um, and um, anyways, the, her, the stories are notorious about uh, Sister Mary Magdalene and she was a riot. Um, and Karita, very extroverted and always, you know, um, com commanded the, you know, the tension in the best way possible um, um, and lovely and, and all that. But, you know, there's so many stories about the, these type of women <laughs> in this community. But Mary Magdalene started taking Karita's prints around and, and Karita started get, gathering, getting attention for her work. And that's really how she became that story. And 
And she was really dialoguing, you know, her works were very much a commentary on and a reflection on what was going on at the time. And the, um, from the more joyous uh, reflections on her faith and, and faith in general of, um, to, uh, and how, how you see the extraordinary things in everyday life, you know, mm, I think that was one of the, good. like the, the, the beauty and it's the, the holy is not in sort of the, you know, in, in the, in the altar only it's on everyday life. Hence yeah. The wonder sacred, bread, sacred, sacred presence. What's in, exactly. in, in, in the moment. Yeah. It's great. It's I exactly. love exactly. Uh, and find the special in everything in the quotidian. Um, and, you know, and also began seeing what things were, you know, were really wrong about the world. Um, and, you know, from the Vietnam War, you know, she, uh, her late 60s prints are really sort of emblematic um, of the civil rights movement and the anti-war movement. I mean, one of her prints were, um, was hanging in, um, you know, Congressman John Lewis's office, you know. Um, wow. They, um, they really sort of capture that spirit um, and of change. And she really communicated with a very wide audience through that. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. I love, I love the idea. Well, uh, the art, art as truth. I yes. mean, it's just to me, uh, or art as a, a meditation on change, you know, to borrow exactly. your phrase, right? And we, and we had a saying in our, in our edit room, which was, what would Karita do? You know? <laughs> right. Whenever we were sort of faced with an obstacle. I'm already wearing the bracelet, man. I've already yeah. got the bracelet. Yeah. What would Karita do? And we, you know, they really took that to heart. I mean, and, and in a way, how to think outside the box and mm. how to tell the story, hence the animation, hence the motion graphics, sure. you know? Um, I think we were really inspired by that. And Pedro, I, I, I'm inspired. I mean, I, I love the conversation. I could, I could honestly could go three or four more hours without missing a beat. I'd probably have to go get some more of my sugar-free pop here. But uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, I, I could easily go. This, you know, the idea. We, there's so much we haven't touched on. Mary's Day. I'd never heard of Mary's Day before. I mean, how fascinating and wonderful. And I think it's a festival I would have wa wanted to go to. You know, those kind yes, of things. Well, their Mary's Day, yes, because they yes, took that's an right. old they took an old festival that was yeah. really, as Miriam Sharple says, was dreadful or really boring. And they turned it into turned something it. that was about opening to the world and celebrating and dancing and you they know they found uh, they found the joy in in, in the mundane, right? But yeah. I love I love to, you know, my background academically is philosophy, as my listeners will know. And uh um, and I like to sort of say that from time to time, just to remind people that I've, you know, because uh, I love it. I have this deep passion and, and the notion of new ideas. What is it? New ideas as irritants is yeah. just, you know, that comes out in the film as well. It's just such a delightful phrase. It's a delightful thought experiment and something I think we all should be reflecting more on and uh, uh, in a variety of ways. So, you know, thanks for that uh, reminder on, on so many levels. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's a joy. It's a really, uh, so perfect. last question. And, and I promise the last one, because I got about a dozen more easily, uh, just on the tip of my tongue. What, what's the call to action other than getting out to see the film, um, uh, rebel hearts, uh, getting to the website, signing up for the newsletter. What, what's an immediate call to action? An immediate call to action, I think is, there are so many, but be a part of the world, engage, you know, don't, um, 
see what your find what your calling is and to, this is what i learned from the immaculate hearts from the immaculate hearts because they're no longer sisters but i learned from them is to find what you're called to do and find a community of 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 people that you that you feel are kindred to your calling and um Try to create, you know, bring love and change to the world uh, and positivity and do it with joy because that's the, um, that's the most important way to do it. Um, and I think that's what I, you know, it was a joyful process of making this film. If there were many obstacles, it was very, you know, it was, you know, it was difficult like every project is. But at the core of it all, it, like with the collaborators, the extraordinary collaborators that um, I had from Shawnee who began, Shawnee Isaac Smith, who began documenting these women over 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago and really stuck with it um, and was remarkable. just, you know, remarkable. And like, we are all here because of Shawnee and, um, you know, so grateful for her perseverance, for her generosity and her joy and her, um, and for sticking with the story, um, despite he, you know, like extraordinary obstacles. Perseverance, uh, generosity, and joy. Those are those are pretty, three good, pretty good ideas to sort of uh, wrap up our conversation today. I, I hope we can do a part two. But the the the, the website is rebelheartsfilm.com. Uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, film is hopefully uh, coming soon to a digital, at least a digital theater near you. And uh, Absolutely. yeah, and if, uh, 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 yeah, if you like what we're doing here on face to face, please give us a thumbs up uh, on YouTube or uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Pedro, what a, what a pleasure chatting with you uh, today. It is really, honestly, I, 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 I yeah, so much more uh, to, to, to chat about. Looking forward to your next film and congratulations. We've been talking uh, with Pedro Costa today here on face to face about his important and beautiful and joyful new film, Rebel Hearts. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and a lot of fun being on this podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.